This is the Sibling Library Podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Welcome to Sibling Library, the podcast where we read, share, and repeat. I am Katie. I'm going to be quasi-hosting today this this loose conversation with my sisters, uh, Julia and Megan. Say hello, you two. Hello, you Quasi-anything, you are. Well, it's going to be a loose show is kind of what I'm saying. I don't really have any <laughs> structurally prepared content. We're just kind of kind of be talking through what we decided to talk about. So we thought for November, um, you know, we've done a, a couple of other Thanksgiving type themed episodes in November. Um, I'm trying to recall. I know one of them was um, recipe books, books about food, uh, books about things that remind us what we're thankful for. And I think the the books that we're going to discuss today actually came up in that discussion around um, being thankful for sisters. We're going to be talking about the series, The Hunger Games. We thought the the theme of that also uh, kind of fit well with the idea of November and, and thinking about gorging ourselves at Thanksgiving time, even though it's a very different type of hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, we have morbid senses of humor here. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We all have done, for the most part, I think, somewhat of a, a revisiting, whether it be a full rereading or just rewatching of the movies. Um, and these are the the books by Suzanne Collins. Um, the movies came out early to teens, 2000s. Um, and uh, there's going to be a prequel flick coming out um, based on the the prequel book by Suzanne Collins, um, the song song of S- ballad, ballad of, of songbirds Bird. and snakes. Thank you, I butchered that. I'm <laughs> listening to that right now. It's a mouthful, uh, but haven't finished it yet. It is. Um, so we thought in preparation for reading that story. Um, I think both of you have read it. I'm still in the process of it, but. Um, in the, in the process of experiencing that story, whether it be reading the book and or watching the movie that's coming out soon this month, um, we thought it'd be a good episode for us to dig into one of our favorite series. Julie, have you read it? The Twice. prequel? The prequel? Yep. Twice? Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we figured we'll talk about the at least the existing... Um, the existing original trilogy um, will maybe touch a little bit on what we know about the the prequel. The book has been out for a while, um, but w- I don't want any spoilers because I haven't finished it yet. So we won't go get into spoiler territory, but we may don't revisit. Worry. <laughs> we, we may revisit um, this, the, the movie itself in a, a future episode once we've had a chance to see it. So, yeah, but there will be spoilers for the Hunger Games, the original trilogy for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beware. All right. So how about we open this up by talking about how Hunger Games rank for each of us in our, our like favorite fandoms? I can go first. I would say probably probably top five for sure. I don't know if I can give a specific ranking, but it's definitely like after Harry Potter and Unicorn Chronicles, but before 
anything else. So I guess I can say ranked right. three. <laughs> it gets the bronze medal for me. <laughs> and Twilight's like not even on the list no. anywhere. So, but you've read you've read all those books, right? Once I read them all once. I've seen the movies multiple times. I like the move. I've said this before, but I it's the only book series that I like the movies better than the books. Like I will gladly watch the movies and enjoy them. Um, but yeah, I will never read those books again if I can get a, if I can get around it. I recently listened to the the first one again. It was a struggle. Yeah, I, it's rough. I, right? I put it's them rough. all on my Audible because I needed to use up some credits before the end of the year, and so I just put them all on my Audible, thinking I would I would listen to them, which I I started, and I'm just I'm just not at that place in my life anymore. I guess <laughs> I can't relate. I can't relate to any of it. No, yeah. I think it's also likely. I read them in college, and I think it's likely that they probably didn't yeah. age well with just the 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 thing that really annoyed. I mean, we we're supposed we'll to be talking about the Hunger Games, so I'll wrap this up quickly. But the thing that really annoyed me while reading that series was how unconfident Bella was. I don't know what is the word for that. Low self esteem she seemed mm-hmm. to have, um, which was really. It was hard for me to read back then, so I feel like it would be even harder for me to read that now. And I'm going to jump around for a second and stay in this vein because that's something I kind of thought about with Katniss Everdeen throughout this. I wouldn't say that she has low self-esteem, but she's definitely lacking in self-awareness, right? Like the, the whole world sees – so do we call that lack of self, self-esteem? Do we call that – lack of self-awareness or do we call that humbleness what do we what is what is it with her because the rest of are we talking about it with Katniss Katniss or with Bella specifically okay our main character that's an interesting question I think it's self-awareness because I think she's very Mm -hmm. confident in her abilities she just doesn't think too much about the more frivolous types of things in life not that necessarily romance is frivolous but to her it's not putting food on the table no yeah her number one priority is taking care of her sister and her mother and not like that that's one part of the the story that that bothers me but um yeah yeah, i anyway yeah i think it's self-awareness not not com- it's not a confidence issue. Yeah, I feel like that kind of evolves over the course of the story too because towards the end of the series um or I guess in the, even in the second book, so not even the end, not the last book, but in the second book, the whole plan to for the tributes to escape the arena, that that was all right. kept from her. Mm-hmm. So like she was working on just surviving another Hunger Games, whereas there was this bigger plan that she couldn't be aware of because they weren't telling her about it. Um, but I do remember the first time I watched the the Hunger Games, so the first movie, um, I felt as though the movie didn't quite do justice to Katniss's intelligence because so much of the Hunger Games book 
is Katniss in her head mm-hmm. talking herself through the different things she could do to survive the mm-hmm. arena and that doesn't that didn't translate onto the screen because they didn't ha- you don't see that internal narrative that's happening so in the book I feel like she comes off as more self-aware than in the movies whereas in the movies she's just very like must survive will do anything to survive rather than well if i don't survive like all of the things in her head if i don't survive this then my sister and mom have less chance of surviving this i can't get close to pita because if i get close to pita i can't survive this right mm-hmm. I, we can't both survive this so i feel like it's a little different from the movie to the book yeah too. that's a good point i think there's there's different things that we could be talking about here um whether we're talking about her awareness of people's affection, romantic um, feelings about her, or about her importance in in the larger plan for the the rebellion of the districts against the capital, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways to look at that. And I I agree, Megan. I think the movies uh, come across more as she has these instincts, like these survival instincts, as opposed to. Yeah. It's a good you way know, to put it. It's definitely not like just Strategy. she's just lucky and, you know, stumbling her way through it. You can tell she's, you know, figuring things out, um, but it's almost more like it just happens in the moment because you can't hear her inner dialogue. Um, that's, an, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll, it might be interesting for us to, to look at her in comparison to like, I guess we're talking about fandoms, right? So all three of us have, have a huge, um, affection and affinity towards the Harry Potter series. There was a parallel that I was drawing between her and him more so in the books than in the movies. When I say him, I mean Harry, Katniss and Harry. Because she there was a a lot of times in the books that she would um as the the revolution had started and um, you know, people were dying for the cause. She kept internalizing that and like taking blame for it. Like people are dying for me and because of me, as opposed to fully understanding that she was just, she was a symbol. She was helping to unite people around something that they really in their heart of hearts wanted to do anyway. Right. But she was taking ownership of that and thinking that these people were dying for and because of her. And Harry kind of does the same thing. Um, the way that he 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 sees things start to play out. He he keeps saying he says things like he doesn't want anyone else to die for him. And people have to remind him like it's it's not for you. It's for all of us. Like none of us want to be in this situation. You're just you're just our our catalyst, right? That's fascinating. I have never made that connection before, but I I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So I kept thinking back to to that and and somewhat being um annoyed by it because like she she's and I think that all comes back to maybe what you were saying about her, you know, just being so focused on her survival and that that comes down to just her how she was brought up her whole life. Like she she was on the brink of starving many times in her life, she and her family, and she had to find ways to to feed them and, and to kind of raise her sister once once her father passed away. Um, so, so much of how she's wired and, and how um, she gets through her day to day and what her what her objectives are as a human being is just to make it to the next day. Um, so f- 
for her, big picture thinking is is a kind of a foreign concept for her to think about, like the bigger story beyond just herself. So part of, part of me was thinking like, is that is is that ego? You know, I, I know it's a little contrast to what we were saying before about you know being humble, but is that ego thinking it's all about her? But I think you drew the distinction that no, it's just that she can't she can't see beyond the end of her nose because that's how she's lived her life. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been able to think about the bigger picture. She hasn't been able to think about, you know, falling in love with someone. She's had, um, you know, this very close, affectionate friend her whole life that she never let herself go there with because, you know, they, she made it very clear early on in the story. Like, she was never going to have kids. Like, she was never going to – she was never going to go there just because of the world that she lived in. She couldn't see bringing someone into into all of that. Right. Sorry, I went down a rabbit hole. No, I that was yeah, I agree. I liked that. That was fun. I mean, it wasn't a fun <laughs> rabbit hole, but it was a it was an intellectual Why, rabbit thank hole. you. An intellectual <laughs> rabbit hole. I had a weird pause there in that word. <laughs> Julia, what do you think about kind of where this fits in the world of fandoms for you? For mm-hmm. me personally, I don't know if I would rank it as like in my top anything. Um, I'd only read it once and I was feeling, I think I started the Divergent series around the same time and reading the two of them together was just like too much. I was like, this is mm-hmm. this is too much. Yeah. There's a lot of dystopia. Not only that, and just like teenagers in situations they shouldn't be in. So mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I don't want to read this. I don't think I finished the Divergent series and I I never finished watching any of those movie series either. So <clears throat> including the Hunger Games. I haven't seen all of yeah, them. Yeah, I, I I just kind of got burned. I out. get that, and I think I was going through the same thing when I when I was reading them the first time. So I, when when I think I brought this topic, so <laughs> I'll take I'll take the blame, but also the credit because I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed revisiting it. Um, you know, I've been going uh, reading a lot different types of of things lately than dystopia. Mm-hmm. So going back to it, it almost it was good to be away from it for a while and then to get back into it I was able to kind of see it for what it was, but it also not that it not that it um it definitely impacted me. I think it hit me harder this time than it did the first time I read it cuz I I read the 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 trilogy once um back around when the when the books were coming out. And I realized, I thought I had seen all the movies, but I realized I'd only seen the first one once I did the rewatch. And I was very surprised at how mu- how invested I was. Um, I was holding, ch- holding back sobbing tears this morning when I finished the last one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm actually really glad that we, we went back and are doing this and talking about it because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot in there that I connected to this time around that I didn't expect. 
And maybe because I was expecting more from it the first time around and less this time around, maybe that's why it, it kind of snuck up on me. But, um, you know, it, it, it really, it touched me. Um, I, I, um, you know, really admired Katniss's character for the most part. Um, I, and, and really the, I think the thing that throughout listening to and watching the movies that, that, was kind of the the through line for me was how I don't even know how to articulate it, but it'll get into kind of the romance piece of it, you know, like how how she couldn't trust anything to be real in her life once she once she was thrown into the Hunger Games because she couldn't. I mean, like you said, Megan, she had an entire faction of of people keeping this huge plan from her. Um, you know, like the fact that she was people, people that, that she trusted, trusted and the fact too. that she was able to keep, to hold on to who she was, um, you know, and, and be such a, a, an inspiring, you know, force of nature for people to rally around. And I know she's a fictional character, but it, it's, I think she was beautifully crafted. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'll, what, what, what other thoughts to do either of you have? about that or something else are you team Peta or team gail i was gonna ask that <laughs> question i was gonna ask that question i was gonna ask Julia, that you too. answer first Peta. why because he never expected anything from her I, I i will preface this i haven't finished rereading the trilogy i just read the first one um and he just didn't expect anything from her. <clears throat> Whereas I feel like Gail expects mm-hmm. a lot from her and it's not fair. Because yeah. <laughs> she's never promised him yeah. anything. And they're like 16. You, oh, sorry. I'm, so. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's what, that's kind of where I was going True. to about how, how that struck me about how she couldn't even... She couldn't make her own choices or choose not to make those choices mm-hmm. after being flung into all of this. And, but you're right. He was very like, sensitive yeah, to he, that. Yeah. And he got upset when he realized that a lot of it was for show. But then but he then also understood it. understood it and didn't hold it yeah. against her and never like left her. Yeah. Yeah. Even when the Capitol, like, tortured him into thinking, yeah. That was disturbing. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember all of that. Yeah. Especially in the movie. Yeah. The way they CGI him to look mm-hmm. so thin. Um, I'm sorry, Julia, were you, did you, had you finished your thought? Mm-hmm. I'm also team PETA. Um, because I think t- uh, PETA, first of all, are you going to choose the guy who, Brings you meat or the guy who brings you bread? <laughs> Carbs all the way. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. Um, but also in that in that vein, he's also the, like the one indulgent choice she ever makes mm. that's not related specifically to her mm. survival. Even in the first Hunger Games, even when they say we'll allow you to have two victors from the same district, she didn't have mm-hmm. to. 
She could have still just been on her own, but once he was an option, she allowed herself to indulge yeah. in that. That's an interesting way to look at reason. it. Within reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like every other decision she makes throughout the series, to my knowledge, to what I remember, I haven't read the the books super recently, um, but to my remembrance, like that's the one, PETA is the one indulgent choice that she's that she makes. I like both of those reasons and answers. Up until this morning, when I finished the last movie, I was team Thrupple. Oh, I was like, she needs both of these men. <laughs> she, <laughs> she needs them both in her life. Like Gail is, uh. is the, you know, the, the childhood sweetheart that knows absolutely everything about her, you know? Um, he's her, he's her comfortable, safe space. Like she, she knows he has seen everything about her. Um, and PETA is, is just everything that you said. Like he's, he's, he is, his love for her is so pure and, um, and noble. Um, it's really hard to not root for that as well. But the thing that stood out to me, and I can't remember if it was the same way in, it kind of brings it closure in the movie. I can't remember if it does it the same way in the book. I know it's mentioned in the book, at least part of it. Um, But you kind of get closure on Gail at the very end of Mockingjay, because after the, um, the siege on the Capitol, where... Snow was taking in all the the refugees and and they bring forward all the children and then coin bombs all the children and then um she and she does it with all the the parachutes that seem like they're they're gonna be like food for the kids super food. brutal yeah um and then the medics rush in yeah. including her sister prim and they bomb the prim. medics and it mm-hmm. coin does that and it and she doesn't realize it until after but um that was. Gail, part of Gail's um, strategy that he had shared with um, yeah. with the rebellion, and when he was I- explaining it, she she called him out on it and said, "Are there no rules anymore? You know, like that, of what we'll do to people." Um, and then towards the very end, with the last time she sees Gail in the movie, again, I can't remember if this if you get this much closure in the book, but she basically calls him out on it again after her sister just got bombed and said. Was that you? Like, was that your call? And he he says, I don't know. I don't know if it happened because of my plan. Like, he didn't he didn't give the order, obviously, but he was complicit and completely with this whole group the whole time. And and that's when she kind of makes her choice and she says goodbye, Gail. And and that, and that's in in the movie again. I don't think it gives it that much closure in the book. Do either of you remember? Um, I don't remember in the book, but wasn't he also like in favor of after the rebellion was over and they had won? Wasn't he also one of the ones that was in favor of having another Hunger Games, but with the capital, like members of the yeah. capital? And I think that was also another thing. I that think was he like, voted well, yes too. Gail, yeah, you I, th- suck. I think he voted yes for that too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. And, and I, I think for that reason, you know, up until that point, I, I was rooting for both of them. 
Um, because I, I think Gale too, like to a certain degree, I think he expected some things and he, he kind of would play the, the guilt card with her. Um, so, which was a little bit manipulative, but he never forced anything on her. Um, you know, they were just friends and he, he took care of her family. And so it was hard for me not to root for him, but up until that point where, you know, those, those choices up, up against the wall, he, he, you know, was complicit in all of that. Wasn't any better. Yeah. He wasn't any better. Wasn't any better than the capital. Exactly. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Team PETA. What about who was kind of your favorite ancillary character? Cinna. Cinna's a good one. <laughs> Tell us more, Julia. I mean, who wouldn't want to wear, be dressed by him? And he also, he like chose mm-hmm. Katniss. He wanted to be her, I forget the, the title they give them, but like her, her fashion person. Stylist. Yeah. Stylist. Designer. Stylist. Stylist. Yeah. He wanted to be her stylist specifically. And District 12 was not a desirable district. Yeah. Ever. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's one that comes to mind for me too. Um, just there. They just had this like, they being Cinna and Katniss, there was this immediate connection despite the fact that he was from the capital and there's all these, you know, the, the, the culture of the capital is so foreign to her. She felt so out of place, mm-hmm. but somehow she felt safe with him just immediately. It's like one of those people you just meet and you know, like we're kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what about you, Meg? I agree. Um, I have several, but I'll go with one that I don't know if you'll say. Maybe you'll <laughs> say it too. I don't know. I love the evolution of mm-hmm. Effie Trinket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over the course of the series, and I especially love it's Elizabeth yes, Banks that plays she's her, right? In brilliant. The she's brilliant. amazing. She's amazing. Um it's just cool to see that, you know, that member of the, the Capitol who is so capitally. <laughs> capitally. Yeah. And like happy to be capitally, um, like start to evolve over the course of time. So then because, ultimately because of Katniss. She, yeah. Yeah, because of Katniss. Yeah. And then ultimately she she becomes pretty uh vital to the rebellion as well, right? Like with helping with mm-hmm. optics and yep. stuff. Yeah, I they like. they saved District thirteen so, saves yeah. her. Well, at least in the movies, this is how it was portrayed, and I know she was continued to be in it. Um District thirteen saves her from the Capitol specifically for that reason. Yeah. To help them mm-hmm. with the propos. Yes. And I don't this I don't think this was in the book, but I loved it in the movie that she and Hamish wind up having like a little thing. I was Oh yeah. I loved it. I don't know. I don't remember if that was in the I book loved either, it. but yeah. It's kinda like like in Harry Potter when they put Luna and yeah. Neville together in the movies and that never no, but it, in the book. It but it makes just makes so sense. much sense. Yeah, it's just one yeah. of those things that played out on screen so adorably um and yeah i think woody harrelson cast as haymitch was a stroke of brilliance too like every line he yeah, delivered was great. all the casting was yeah. was pretty good yeah i agree I, yeah i don't think i would have 
made any mm-hmm. changes to any of the casting. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss, my goodness, amazing. She was great. I will say, I think she's a, a brilliant actress. There were a few moments she overdid. <laughs> um, and it's <laughs> it's supposed to be super dramatic. She's supposed to be hysterical. Um, but it, it didn't feel genuine, I guess, is why I'm saying she overdid it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think she over, like it was too big necessarily. It just didn't feel real coming out of her in a couple of moments. So I'm being, I'm being nitpicky, but she just like, oh my God, her on screen is just chef's kiss. Like she's just, she looks like an anime character. She doesn't look human. (laughs) She's so gorgeous. (laughs) I know. She's amazing. Who are your auxiliary characters, Katie? Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) I was gonna say Cinna was gonna be my first, my first one as well, and then I was gonna say Effie, and then I was gonna say Hamish. Um, No, no, no. This is good. That allows us to get kind of deeper into it. I think um, now, now I'm kind of at like a tie for for some folks, so maybe we can run through some others and just give our thoughts on them. But the next one that comes up for me is um, Joanna. Um, she's the one who, you know, oh. she, she gets, um, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts for, um, for her, you know, yeah, Katniss, Katniss. she's part of the conspiracy yeah. with Finnick. She's like friends with Finnick. Um, yeah. Love Finnick too. Um, I was gonna, he was gonna yeah, be one of mine. But Joanna well. just, especially the, the actress that plays her on screen and I, I, I'm blanking on her name, um, but I I love her in other things too. Like she was the daughter in um, For Love of the Game. Um, she's been in in other stuff as well. But her just like um, unhinged sarcasm, <laughs> the way she just yeah. <laughs> I, she just nailed it. Um, you know, just you know the mm-hmm. she went from being this like you know. Everyone has seen me naked, so I'm just going to strip down in front of you in the elevator to, you know, like, um, this fragile, you know, she's addicted to, what do they call it, morph, morphling? That morph, morphling drip? Morphling, yeah. Um, you know, she's so damaged, but also such a fighter, you know, like that she, it's, I, I think her character is, is an interesting one. Yeah. Anyone else you want to talk about, Joel? I mean, Rue is yeah. a good choice as well. I was, I figured you'd yeah. say that one. Yeah, she's a really yeah. good one, and that that kind of gets me into yeah. um, like another question that this made me think of is who was what was the roughest death in the series? Well, I only remember in the first book. So Rue, so. <laughs> Rue. <laughs> what about you, Megan? I mean, probably Rue, but also Prim was pretty rough, but they're they're kind of on the similar level, you know, because they're both like mm-hmm. really children, right? Um, and like, yeah, those those two probably for me that I can think of. How about you, Kate? I have the two that I would say are um, Cinna, um. Especially oh, yeah. the way they did it, because they let him, because he styled yeah. her and he styled that, that wedding dress that turned into the Mockingjay 
uniform, which he knew mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he was sealing his own fate doing that, right? He he knew that he he yeah. was making himself a target for the capital, that that was just a bridge too far. But the way that they waited until he was saying goodbye to her going into the second Hunger Games, she goes into the tube where she can't help, and then she sees them take him and start beating him to death um, before she's about yeah. to go into another fight for her life was just mm-hmm. next level brutal. Um, but also, yeah. like, j- just because of that connection she had with him. Like, they did it to hurt her, and they did it to to put her off balance. Um. Yeah. So that was rough. And it was so sudden. Yeah. Um, the other one that I would say was was tough was Mags. Um Mags mm. was um Finnick, the other tribute that went into the set the quarter quell with Finnick, and she was the older lady who volunteered yeah. for Finnick's yeah, for the love Annie. of Finnick's life. So she Annie got called and, and Mags volunteered for her. And then she she basically sacrificed herself when the the poison fog was coming through, because um, Finnick was carrying her yeah. on his back because she couldn't run as fast. And then um, they all kind of got overtaken by the the fog, and Peta was bad off and he couldn't walk, and Katniss couldn't carry him, so she immediately just like threw her hands up and she ran into the fog so that because she knew otherwise yeah. Finnick would continue to carry her. Um, that one was very touching too. So b- beyond Rue, those would be the the other two that um, that were especially difficult for me. Yeah, I would agree with with those Rue and, two. And beyond Rue and Prim, those those were two were the hardest. But I think, yeah, of the an- the further ancillary characters, <laughs> I would say those two. Right. Yeah. Good question. Well. On this happy note, <laughs> um, what else do we want to talk about? I think um, one of the interesting pieces of this was, I mean, there's the the huge moment at the end where, um, Megan, you brought up that that President Coin after the uh, the siege on the Capitol, where where Katniss was trying to assassinate President Snow. And then the the bombing of the children happened. Um, Katniss is is getting the the ability to execute President Snow, and instead executes President Coin after she puts forth the idea of the Hunger Games of the Capital children. What did you guys and Julia? I know you mm-hmm. you haven't. This is probably maybe ringing a bell, maybe not. I don't know if you remembered that happening. Um, so I'll, I'll put it to Megan. What did you, what did you think of that kind of the? I guess it's the climax of the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. the resolution. Yeah, the. I remember the first time I read it, I was very conflicted by it. I was like, "Well, but she's anything's better than President Snow, right?" And then when I rewatched the movies this year. And you kind of see the escalation of President Coin. You know, she starts just wanting peace. And then she gets into the entertainment value of it. You know, the the production value of it and wants things to be flashier. And so you kind of see her 
downfall. And I thought that I thought it was kind of a perfect yeah. ending. You know, um, I, I looking the first time I read it, I think I felt that it wasn't satisfying to me. But then the second time I went through it, I it, I changed my mind and felt like it was super yeah. satisfying. Yeah, I think I think so, too. And I think it was all kind of leading towards that, like the little things that, you know, would happen. Um, you know, she was never the, the only thing she was ever focused on was. Was help. And when I say she, I'm saying I'm talking about Katniss. She wanted to help people and she would mm-hmm. be outraged by, you know, people being killed senselessly, especially children like that always mm-hmm. that always was yeah. which any human being should hopefully feel that way. Um, right. right. But, um, you know, the more she saw, she she could kind of see through, you know, yes, this rebellion is is going in to take over, but it's also doing this to gain, not just for pure reasons, but to gain power, you know, and power corrupts. Um, you know, I, I, I think that draws some parallels to um, like Daenerys Targaryen, you know, like she, she starts out with very mm-hmm. um, noble intentions and, um, you know, is, is trying to help oppressed people and then gets a taste of, you know, not just, not just it's a taste of power, but power. It, the, the power that she gets corrupts her and, and makes her think that she is this savior. And she forgets what she was mm-hmm. doing it for. And and maybe that's what happened to Coin. Maybe she was power hungry the whole time. You never really get into her character to really know what her inner think inner thoughts are and motivations are. But um but yeah, I mean Katniss just has this um it and, and I think it's she has an intelligence, but I think it's it's her instincts more than anything that she just kind of knows when to trust someone and when not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a, I think it was a perfect ending, especially knowing that that Snow also got his comeuppance and the people got to tear him apart because <laughs> they all ran. You don't remember, that. yeah? Because she yeah. she um, rather than shooting um, Snow with the arrow, she shoots Coin, and then the the crowd just like overtakes Snow because he's tied to this post. Yeah, and they That's just crazy, like rip him apart. Yeah. Um, so he he got what was coming to him too. Um, yeah, but that was like, that was her only opportunity to make that happen. And the fact that she was able to, well, she redirected her, her need for revenge because she realized that, especially at that point, the death of her sister was not because of snow. It was because of coin. And that, that's, you know, I mean, from the very be it like brought it full circle because the book starts with her mm-hmm. going into the the games because her sister got selected and it ends with her yeah. avenging her death uh, and after yeah. all of that that was what was heartbreaking oh. to me this morning sorry I, when i was crying she had the, she okay. was having that um outburst at buttercup prim's cat um she was like she's not coming back oh, she's yeah. not she's gone she's not coming back 
Um, and then she she finally mm-hmm. broke down and just started crying. And it, I was just like, oh, my God, after everything she went through, the, her whole reason for even doing any of this was prim. And now she's and she's gone anyway. Like none of it mattered. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a rough series. It's a really rough series. It is. But yeah. I did enjoy I did enjoy revisiting it. I'm I'm glad that I did. Yeah. Well, have you started the prequel I have. yet? I'm about a third of the way through it. Julia, you've said you've read it twice, and Megan, you've read it once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have problems. <laughs> I found it so boring. I cannot tell you anything that happened in it. Did you listen to it or read it? So I tried to read it, and I couldn't get past the first page any time I tried. So I listened to it, <laughs> and nothing stuck. It's so boring. I tried to listen to it first and couldn't get through the first 10 minutes, and then I read it earlier this year and whizzed through it, and I felt that the first three quarters of the book was amazing, and then the last quarter was like, (laughs) I'm somewhere in between being interested and bored so far, about a third of the way through. I think the problem for me is that so for those that don't know, the prequel is based around um, kind of the origin story of President Snow. Um, and he, mm-hmm. um, prior to his presidency, was the way that the, the Hunger Games were set up was he wasn't a victor, but he um, he was a mentor because they the capital used to assign mentors to the tributes. And it's kind of right now showing how the game's evolved into what we see in the Hunger Games trilogy. But yeah. the problem I'm having is that I don't have any sort of desire to have empathy for President Snow. I don't want to know his origin story. I don't want to know what his trauma is that made him who he is. I just am okay with him being evil. I don't want to relate to him. Um. So that's the problem I'm having. Have you met Lucy yes. Gray yet? Yes. And I, I'm not sure. And I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've definitely met Lucy Gray. The games have not officially started yet. Um, Lucy Gray is his tribute from, is it, he's, she's from District 12, right? Um, mm-hmm. she, she's yeah. an enigma. I, I haven't figured her out yet. But um, I'm trying to figure out where this is going to see, like, how does this explain how he got to where he was in the Hunger Games, and how does this explain what his motivations are? I'm assuming that is what this is meant to do. And again, I think a more interesting story might have been to go into Coin's origin story. You know? I don't know. The th- yeah. Something that helped me kind of get into the frame of mind of being able to enjoy that book was that I knew I was never going to be rooting for President Snow. Mm-hmm. I the I don't think the point of the book is for you to root for him. It's kind of like a situation where you have an unreliable okay. narrator. Um, so for me, it was like I wasn't ever rooting for him, um, but it was 
interesting, like you said, to see the evolution mm-hmm. of the Hunger Games. And then when Lucy Gray comes into it, I felt that she was a really um, captivating character. Yeah, she is. I'm, you know, I- I'm listening to it, and the 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 uh, narrator on this one is not nearly as talented as the one that did the the Hunger Games trilogy that I listened to. So that I'm having a little bit of a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get through it and maybe I'll try to listen to it again or or get it on um like actually read the book. I don't I don't know if I'll be able to do that before the movie comes out. I'm sure the movie will um kind of flesh out some of these things visually that that maybe aren't making sense in the moment, but um I agree. I, so far I like Lucy Gray's character. Um but it's not told from her perspective, so it's harder to kind of know what she's about. Right. It's told you're in Snow's head. And I don't want to be in Snow's head. <laughs> that's that's what I'm having a problem with. Yeah, I think I I I understand that. But just try to maybe shift your perspective to understand that it's not a reliable narrator, okay. and you're not really supposed okay. to like him. I'll give that a try. Yeah, I am looking forward to the movie. Regardless, I think it'll be fun. I am too. I think there's, I, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff from the book that will actually play better mm-hmm. on the screen than it did yeah. in the book. Like there's That's a lot of singing involved. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of singing involved, which I mean singing when you're reading the mm-hmm. pages of a book doesn't really, you know, you don't get the emotions that you get from a, someone actually singing. I don't know if in the audio if they had someone actually singing or if the reader was just reading it yeah. like a poem, but yeah. Well, one other thing I want to mention about it that is super interesting to me is that um, so the Tigress character is um, is President Snow, President Snow's cousin um, in the in the prequel. Ooh. Like she's that's her. So Tigress is the is the character that um, in Mockingjay when uh Katniss and the group that she's with are trying to um uh attack the capital and assassinate president snow she hides them under her shop and she's this char- she's this like she's gotten too into plastic surgery in the capital and she's like made herself look like a cat like with whiskers and everything mm-hmm. um and in the in the books it doesn't um it doesn't give any sort of indication other than the fact that she um is excited that Katniss is going to assassinate President Snow um, mm-hmm. because she she was a stylist in the Hunger Games previously and Katniss recognizes her. She's like, you used to be a stylist. And she said, yep, until President Snow thought I wasn't pretty anymore. And then she kind of got shunned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's just that simple that she that's what her vendetta is against her cousin. But you don't know in the original books that that's her cousin and they grew up together. And I almost thought like because mm-hmm. in the books it seems like such a ridiculous like outlandish type of character i figured they might leave it out of the movie so it's kind of great that they she was she was actually in the mockingjay movie um Mm -hmm. i don't know if they got any sort of insight from suzanne collins on that that she should be part of it or if if it just you know was was something that the the creators felt like it would be an interesting thing to keep and that's the other thing about the movies i think they were for the most part um you know, and especially in comparison to other fandoms, I think they were as true to the books as they possibly could have been. 
And I was impressed by that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just threw like eight different <laughs> thoughts out there. I don't know what you want to do with that. <laughs> it's okay. I want to ask a question not entirely okay. related. If you could change, and this is obviously to both of you, but if you could change any part in the story, what would you have wanted mm. to change? I feel like you have an idea, so I think you should answer first while we think about it. You don't have an idea? Mm. Okay. I don't. Um, well, okay, actually, I do. And this is maybe... I, I don't know. This might not... I, this is what I want. And this is... It would never have happened because if anything else, The Hunger Games was not mm-hmm. romantic, right? Like, there were no... There were no positive things that came out of it, right? It was very much just a tragedy <clears throat> from beginning to end. Aside from Katniss surviving, right? That was good. Um, but if I could have changed anything, it would have been that there was some type of cure for PETA so that he and Katniss could live out their days a little bit happier rather than Katniss for the rest of her life worrying that PETA's gonna, you know, have a flashback and want to kill her. Hmm. I don't know. Is that how the books resolved? Because that, is, that isn't how the movies resolved. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it was pretty... Yeah, I'm pretty sure the okay. books... Re- yeah. Sorry, what were yeah, you going to say? He, he was pretty fine. I mean, they had... And I think the books were the same way. They have two kids um, together. Maybe I'm they, misremembering. Yeah, no, I, I think he gets past it. They keep playing the game of real or not real, where he has to kind of reframe... Okay. His memories that that the Capitol hijacked about her, so that that it's not that it's gone necessarily, but he's able to know what's real and what's not. And when he doesn't, he asks her, and he trusts her in what she says. Um, Maybe I misremember the way it him. ends, though. And, and I remember this. I mean, I just came off of it recently, that, and the ending was pretty similar on both counts. That um, you know, Katniss has um, her. I think it's her daughter in her arms. Um, and her daughter like wakes up and seemed like she was having a nightmare. And she said, you know, I have that. I have nightmares too. Maybe someday or not some, not maybe someday I'll explain why I have them and why they won't go away. Um, because both of them are going to have certainly PTSD for the rest of their lives. Um, sure, like this, yeah. what they went through. And I think that that was pretty well portrayed um, in the movies. Maybe downplayed a little bit in the books, honestly. Um, but yeah, from what I remember, and maybe it's just because I just came off of the movie, but I thought they both ended similarly in terms of where Peta was at the end with his hijacking. I could be wrong. Okay. I'll but I would that. agree, like, if that's the case, that's a really upsetting ending. <laughs> Not that this was going to be completely unicorns and puppies at the end of what this story was about but do you think of anything julia that you would have changed no yeah but i I don't remember the story as clearly as you guys i um i mean it's hard to say like there's certain characters i wish hadn't died because 
yeah, it was heart wrenching and it was hard, but it was what drove the story and it's it's what led to the outcome that they got, which ultimately was a successful revolution and a, a, a more free world. So it's hard to say like I wish they hadn't killed Rue, or I wish they hadn't killed Mags, or I wish they hadn't killed Cinna. But all of those things continued to fuel what what wound up giving the districts the courage to do what they did. So I wouldn't, as sad as they were, I wouldn't change those things. Um, I think I'm going to reserve answering that question until after I finish the prequel to see if there's anything about kind of the connection of those that makes me makes me feel like something in the story should have been different. I confirmed via Google that it does end the same in the book okay. as the movie. So I misremembered that. I guess maybe I just wanted him to have an easier mm-hmm. path to get there because it says in the book that it, it took them like 15 years to get to the point where mm-hmm. they had kids. Um, and that was both I think Peta and Katniss just didn't want them. They were sixteen, yet. <laughs> so that's probably appropriate. They, they were sixteen. <laughs> I I know, but I mean, like when yeah. you're watching the movie and reading the book, you don't necessarily remember mm-hmm. that they're that young, right? Because they're doing they're so many adult yeah, things. Yeah, they're not allowed to be kids. It's true, but not necessarily that I wish they would have had kids sooner, but just that they would have been okay yeah. sooner. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I was going to go down the path of maybe like all of the stuff that they did around the propos started to feel a bit tiresome and contrived, but I think that was the Mm. point of it. And that was the point of like, she Mm. couldn't, she couldn't just do it on command on demand. Like she had to be in the action and like experiencing genuine reaction to atrocities for, for it to work. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like what you said, Julia, like they're in some of the things they were doing, they were no better. They were fear mongering. They were using propaganda. Um, you know, they were on tactic. I mean, the right, the right, quote unquote, side of it, but they were using a lot of the same tactics as the capital to, to accomplish it. But yeah, I think that also is what kind of culminated in that ending of her realizing like, no, I'm going to put an end to this cycle altogether. We need something different. And this is too much the same of what we had. So short answer, no, I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> I know. I'd, I'd take back my question. About, though. Yeah. All right. I, I think we've, I think we've delved pretty deep, deeper than I thought we'd go. Um, and I, Again, I'm really glad that we revisited the, these stories. I I was tentative um, and pleasantly surprised at at how invested um, I I became and how much enjoyment I got out of it. I hope uh, you felt the same way. I know Julia, you're still working through it, or you know maybe not working through it, but <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed the discussion at least. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I've thought of something that I would change. Actually, I wish okay. she would have given President Snow an easier first name to pronounce. Coriolanus. Yeah, 
<laughs> that isn't gets annoying weird... in the prequel. Yeah. I mean there's a yeah, there's there's in, very interesting names which I actually kind of liked most of them. Um I liked I think his name was the only one that I was just like Coriolanus. Huh. So. And maybe that was on purpose. Maybe you're supposed to just be like <laughs> with him yeah. from all angles. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I like the names though. I wonder if that was maybe. her purpose. Yeah. He's a yeah, villain. Because they, they were all like, yeah, they were all like close to sounding like names that mm-hmm. you would hear like today, but then had some type of variation that made it fit yeah. into the world of the Hunger Games. Like there were no bobs. <laughs> I just want to mention, I think one of my favorite moments I don't remember if I liked it as much in the book as I did in the movie, but in the movie I was like fist pumping like, yeah, you're B.A. Katniss was when um, when they're getting ready for the games and they go before the game makers and mm-hmm. show their skill. And her skill in catching fire is she makes a dummy look like Seneca Crane and she hangs him up yeah. like she's killed him. Like her skill is that she kills the game mm-hmm. makers. It's like that is brilliant and so ballsy, and I yep. love that moment. Yeah, no, I, I, I love her character absolutely. But I think that's a good place for us to bring this to a close. Um, thank you for enjoying the Hunger Games with me again, and looking forward to our own little Hunger Games around Thanksgiving. Megan's going to be making some really good food, so. We're so we're going to be contributing. We're all going to be contributing. I'm looking forward to the menu. Absolutely. Me too. And hope that everyone listening has a wonderful Thanksgiving this year as well. And we'll be back in your ears in December. Until next time, read, share, and repeat. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That brings us to a close on this chapter of Sibling Library. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let's read, share, and repeat.